sarcasm. It can be one cutting comment that's never forgotten or an easy habit that becomes part of our normal day-to-day interaction as couples. It turns out there's a lot more to it than just a bit of sass, as we shall see. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an incisive... What does incisive mean? Cutting. It's kind of a play on the sarcasm thing. Get it? No, I missed it entirely. We have an incisive episode for you this week. Is that better? This is a little bit sarcastic, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This is episode number 177. And today we're going to be talking about sarcasm in marriage. Surprise, surprise. Like I said, bad habit, easy to get into, can be hard to get out of. Yeah. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we talked about ogling in marriage. Do go back, check that out. Also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope, even for some of these bad habits that we get stuck in. Okay, let's get into the topic of sarcasm. Sure. Let's talk about why we use sarcasm, first of all, for Linda. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot of reasons, right? But I think it's really good to pause and just kind of peel the layers back on this one. It turns out there's some important but very subtle underlying psychological things happening around the sarcasm issue. So sometimes we use sarcasm to communicate complaints or criticism. Okay. We actually do this with the intent to come across in a less hostile way because we're couching our negativity in a touch of humor, or that's how, as the issuer, we perceive it. Okay. And... You know, maybe that makes us feel less rude or appear less rude or less unfair when making a complaint about the person receiving the criticism. So in that way, sarcasm can be about me trying to save face while still extending the criticism or complaint in a more superficially polite way. Okay. It's just like you feel like it's not quite as strong. It's not quite going to hurt so bad. Yes. Okay. But other times sarcasm can be used on the other end of that, like as a way to respond to criticism. So we can dismiss someone's feedback or someone's argument. We can argue back against them while still appearing calm Mm. by using sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Oh, like you never do that. Right. Right. Just dismiss, hair flip. Yep. Sometimes it's about finding a way to express annoyance in a way that's more socially acceptable than outright rage. So we can get sarcastic with the person who's supposed to find us a table at a restaurant and we have to wait 20 minutes and we make some remark okay because that's more acceptable than blowing a gasket on the person right in that kind of context right right? or we perceive it that way okay and sometimes too like if we have people around us and we're directing it against a a smaller group or an individual then our peers may laugh and we think they'll think we're funny rather than be disappointed if we do lose our temper okay so this is socially acceptable uh kind of huh More socially acceptable, maybe. Another interesting way to use sarcasm is for conflict resolution. And sometimes we can diffuse a situation or we could de-escalate conflict by using sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Of course, though, since it has an edge to it, that doesn't always work. That can backfire. But when you pause and survey these possibilities, one theme that does emerge is that sarcasm is often about finding a way to express negative emotion. 
in a less vulnerable, less directly critical way. Okay. And I think that's really good to pause and catch and say, okay, well, what is my negative emotion here? Because I want to be sarcastic right now. Mm-hmm. And see, when we express negative emotion this way, there is a sense in which it can be a little more polite because it is more indirect. In sarcasm, the actual negative intent is left for the listener to interpret. Mm-hmm. It's not explicitly stated, mm-hmm. right? Yes. But there's also this relational component in it because using sarcasm in this way, we also create a sense of distance between ourselves and the recipient. How's that? Well, it is just, it's honestly just a little bit of a pushback because I'm not being explicit with you. I'm not, I'm not opening my heart for you to see. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And it, there's a sense in which it is not actually, well, I mean, a, a, not even just a sense. The reality is it's not open, honest communication. Right. So it does create a little bit of distance, right? Okay. So it's really interesting how all those parts kind of play into what just seems like simple sarcasm. Yeah. Now, did you want to jump in there, man? Well, I'm just struggling because like we'll throw stuff back and forth at each other. Okay, so like even we'll, on the podcast, yeah. right? But we'll talk about humor at the end because we don't want to take away humor from people. Yeah, there's a kind of sarcasm that is blatantly benign, like it's not hurtful in any way. Oh, so, for okay. example, if uh, if uh, I don't know, you spend the day doing something really difficult, and I mm-hmm. spend the day doing something really easy, mm-hmm. and then I have to like vacuum the car for five minutes, mm-hmm. and we hit the front step together, and I'm like, "Well, thanks for all your help cleaning the car today." Okay. I am kind of acknowledging, I'm acknowledging the hard work that you've done through sarcasm, basically, right? Oh. But it's very, it's like so obvious that it's clear that it's not, there's no negative emotion behind it. Okay. Whereas if I'd done nothing all day and then you'd said, thanks for helping me clean the car. Because I'm upset with you that you weren't with me or didn't feel like we were partners today. That's, there's negative emotion there. Oh. And, and there's the lack of maybe courage for me to come out and express my disappointment in a simple Okay, okay. Way. But this is good though, because this kind of leads us into like, let's talk about the behavior more specifically. What does it actually look like? Like when are we really looking at sarcasm? So the characteristics of sarcastic speech include things like, it doesn't have to have all of these, but often include some of these. Exaggerated tone of voice, or you could have a very blank monotone voice. Thanks for your help today. And that didn't work. Um, nice face, oh. right? just ready to go that's just an example of yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> uh blank expression which is what you saw right after <laughs> um except it wasn't a sarcastic blank expression it's like an oh no she's gonna blow <laughs> raised eyebrows rolling eyes an exaggerated fake smile or smirk false sympathy wow that must have been so hard for you mm. Uh, expressing the opposite emotion of what your words are saying. I'm so glad you did that. Thank you for driving my car into that wall. Mm. Uh, so, so these are all features the of the wall. Just so everybody knows what you've pretty much driven our cars into everything else. <laughs> it just happens to be like a wall is the one thing you haven't driven a car into. Oh, come on. Okay. That wasn't sarcastic. That was open, honest communication. <laughs> That's me modeling how to had a, a good solid complaint. And that's me taking it so seriously. Yeah, I appreciate the remorse. <laughs> we'll do. We'll talk about remorse in our next episode. Okay. <laughs> how to live without any by Verlinda. <laughs> uh, so, what does sarcasm convey in marriage? Well, in marriage, sarcasm is most often an expression of contempt, and this is where we get into the problem area of yep. sarcasm, right? Okay. 
But, you know, again, like in your marriage, so, I mean, we even just had a little bit of humor there, right? Are yeah. we really communicating contempt or not? Think about it. If you're feeling that and it's like, okay, we need to acknowledge this. This is the reality, right? Okay. If it is there. Contempt in marriage is very dangerous to the longevity of your marriage. And sarcasm in this context often takes the form of expressing superiority somehow or showing a lack of respect. It's like I'm looking down my nose at you. Okay. It often has a distant or this icy kind of quality to it. And because sarcasm falls under the domain of contempt, it's also, like we said, a reliable predictor of divorce in marriage, which is why we really want folks to pause and think about this one if it is part of how you guys interact. Yeah, because that's pretty serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other researchers look at sarcasm as a form of rejection or as defensiveness because it dismisses or it undermines your spouse in what he or she is saying. But again, you know, this is kind of the same thing because it's a distancing effect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pushback. Like even the like you think. Yeah. Because that often is associated like with turn away. I'm kind of done here. Yeah. And it's often a response to feedback. Shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, perception of sarcasm is important too. So as we mentioned earlier, sarcasm is often used to express negative emotions in a more, what appears to be a more polite, calm way. And this makes the, the sarcastic comment seem less offensive and hurtful to the person saying it. Okay. But the perceived benefit is only a perception in the mind of the person saying the sarcasm. The target of the sarcasm, in the other hand, often mm. perceives it as being more hurtful and aggressive than a conventional, like a normal, non-sarcastic attack. Really? Yeah. Because the sarcastic comments, they often highlight the gap between what a person did and what they were expected to do. So like saying thanks for your help with that when your spouse did nothing to help, it highlights the perceived error. But it also adds this kind of cold, calculated, deliberately hurtful layer to it. Yeah. The right thing to have said in that example would be more like when I have to work all day like you do and then do household chores alone all evening, I really struggle with feeling resentful towards you. Now we can have a conversation. Right. Unless you get like a sarcastic response back. Right. But yeah. Huh. And so what I want to be clear about though here is, is for some people, sarcasm might be their only feedback tool. And I'm not saying you have to stop offering your spouse feedback, just that in doing so in a sarcastic tone of voice, it's likely to end in disaster over time. It's not going to help. Okay. Or it's very unlikely to help. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you still. Now, there may be some listening today and you're thinking that you send or receive the odd sarcastic comment with your spouse and it's not a big deal. See, that would be me right there. And I'm saying fair enough. Like, I'm not saying that the very occasional comment means that your marriage is going to fail. Okay. But I do want folks to consider if even the occasional comment is really a good thing. Whatever or when, whether sarcastic comments and sarcastic responses are seen as humorous or offensive, it often comes actually, it comes down to the relationship quality of the individual couple. Huh. So a sarcastic comment in one marriage may have far different implications than a sarcastic, the exact same sarcastic comment in in another marriage. Interesting. And we'll talk more about this in a bit. But being in a close relationship with someone, like having shared experience, having a common understanding of situations, it can make sarcasm seem more normal and a more appropriate way of speaking. But I think the thing to note here is that this common ground that you guys have or the fact that you're both kind of familiar with it, it does not necessarily make sarcasm less hurtful. And so in a marriage context, although sarcasm might be part of your normal dialogue, it does not actually reduce its negative effects. Okay. And this is from citing a study from 2012 by a researcher called Mounts. So there is a difference between laughing together and laughing at ourselves and sarcasm. Those, you know, can be very subtle, but it's just that negative edge. Now, the opposite of sarcasm is honest, open, vulnerable communication. Like sarcasm often has a, a portion of truth in it. Yeah. 
Right. So it's it's honest in that way. No, yeah, no, well, uh, that's a really interesting comment. Like, is it because the the intent behind it is not honest? Is that why you wouldn't consider it honest communication? Well, it's, uh, you may honestly be feeling contempt, mm -hmm. but if the purpose of you registering the complaint is to seek reconciliation and restoration, then in, in another sense, it's not an honest attempt at that. Oh, okay. Because okay. you're hiding behind your own fear of just having a plain, straightforward conversation about what's going wrong. Okay. And so that's where I think that it's good to come back to this honest, open, vulnerable communication too, right? Sarcasm is not very vulnerable. It's a passing shot. It's a drive-by shooting. Okay. Whereas when we have this open, honest communication, it's much healthier. It's much more effective at bringing you together as a couple. Whereas sarcasm, I think, just kind of drives the tip of the wedge in a little further. Or it is the tip of the wedge. Mm -hmm. Now, for this episode, our patrons will be receiving a step-by-step -step guide that shows them how to transform their sarcasm into this open, honest communication. And you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a quick break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day -day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Belinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about how we perceive and respond to sarcasm. And, you know, Verlinda, as we look at the effect on marriage now, which is where we're going to go next and, and then how to stop this habit, I want to share a verse that really struck me a few years back. It's a verse from the Bible in Ephesians 4.28. It says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Hmm. And that to me is just such a crystal clear goal for us to have and a wonderful challenge for us all in our speech. Mm -hmm. There's no sarcasm there. There's not a lot of room for sarcasm in there. No. Now, we've talked about sarcasm actually more generally. What about in marriage specifically? Okay. So Khan 2005 found a strong link between marital dysfunction and negative forms of humor, which includes sarcasm and harsh jokes at the spouse's expense. Now, remember, this is correlation, not causation. And they found actually the effect does go both ways. Sarcasm can create dysfunction in marriage. Wow. But low satisfaction with marriage can also lead to more sarcastic communication. Oh, okay. So we have chickens and eggs running around here. <laughs> Don't I'd like to see that. Don't think too hard about that. <laughs> so this creates a downward spiral of less satisfying communication that ultimately results in a less satisfying relationship. Right. Okay. So the two do go, to, go together, right? Sarcasm also has a stronger negative effect in couples who are already struggling in their marriage. Most sarcastic humor contains an element of aggression or accusation, like pointing out a flaw or expressing an annoyance. 
While well-adjusted couples may see the humor in it and choose to interpret the comment as being harmless, distressed couples will only see the aggressive intent of the comment and will typically react badly to it. Okay. This is what you were kind of touching on before. Yeah. Huh. Now, uh, in conflict, some couples see sarcasm as a tool to manage or resolve conflict, but research shows that this is not a very effective strategy. And we've talked about using humor for reducing conflict for Linda, but yeah. it turns out that the use of humor to reduce conflict more often works when the couple are well adjusted, like when they're doing well in their marriage and they have a high relationship satisfaction. Okay. Couples in that context might be able to use benign or playful humor to diffuse conflict situations. But in couples where satisfaction with the marriage is low, then the researchers note that attempts to use sarcastic humor as a conflict resolution tool will often be ignored or rejected even. Okay. And in that sense, using sarcasm can backfire and actually escalate the conflict further, like make it worse. Right. So this is what you were saying before, like to to have the odd sarcastic comment, if your marriage is healthy and happy, yeah, it's probably not going to hurt. But if you're already distressed, yeah. then it's this really going to... not a gonna, good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree with you though, like even about that verse, like it's not a great strategy yeah. either way. And then if you're, but if your marriage is doing well, you're not going to feel a lot of contempt. So there won't be, there's lots of other forms of humor besides sarcasm too, right? Right. But there won't be that like knife edge to the... Yeah. The little barb or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's stability too. So this uh, again is tying an earlier study back in here again, that dis- which shows that displays of contempt such as sarcasm predicts both spouses seriously considering divorce or separation. So we need to seriously pause and consider the impact of sarcasm and where that can go. Yeah. Now, just quickly on how to stop. Okay. The first thing is understanding the intent when you're hearing sarcasm. So try to distinguish whether your spouse is using sarcasm to be hurtful or in an attempt to be funny. Now, one way to determine this is to observe whether they are often sarcastic in other contexts or just when talking or arguing with you. If someone is sarcastic all the time with lots of different people, they might not be aware of the negative effect it has. So you don't have to feel kind of specially mm. singled out in that sense. So you okay. can you can more realize this is about something that they struggle with. and Their issue. Yes, ah, exactly. Okay, okay. Now, at the same time, people using sarcasm often think it to be less hurtful than it really is. Mm-hmm. So it could be, it might be possible, it might be wise to let them know its real effect and... That may convince them that they, they need to stop. Like, just so you know. Like, I don't know if you know, this is how other people are experiencing your sarcasm, including me. Mm. Right? That's one approach. Okay. On the other side, if you're the person using sarcasm, you have to remember the same thing, that it probably feels more hurtful than you perceive it as being or intended to be. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would suggest you tell your spouse that you have a serious question. If this has been part of your communication pattern, I have a serious question for you and I, I would really appreciate an honest answer. Does my sarcasm hurt you? Hmm. Well, that's a conversation starter. Yeah. How does it hurt? What's it like? Yeah. Now, as we said earlier too, we don't want to take all your fun away. So another thing you can do is you can change, you can just tweak it. So you still have humor, but you lose the sarcastic piece. Okay. This is the part I want to know about. All right. Working on how you express yourself. I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit here. So just let me stumble in and out of this. Okay. Okay. So working on how you express yourself while being sarcastic can help your sarcasm come across as funny rather than hurtful. And part of this is picking the right context and knowing which issues are likely to upset your spouse if you approach them sarcastically. But it can also have something to do with your communication skills and how you express yourself through tone and facial expression. So for example, one researcher found that raising your eyebrows while speaking can guide the listener to interpret your sarcastic comments as intended to be funny rather than mean. 
and these are like really subtle facial cues because I actually listed raising the eyebrows as a as a way of communicating genuine negative sarcasm earlier. But you know, you can kind of cock your eyebrows up in that way that says, okay, I'm saying something that's deliberately goofy. Yeah, but there's a difference too. Like sometimes when you raise your eyebrows and you open your eyes wide yeah. versus like raising your eyebrows and... Yes. Like, I mean, nobody can see me through the microphone, but like yeah. having your eyes half yeah. closed yeah. or... Yeah. Yeah. But you can't just say something nasty and barbed and raise your eyebrows. No. And expect it to be funny. No, 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 no. This is assuming that there is genuinely no intent to be nasty or negative. And you're just joking around with each other. Because I think there is there is some sarcasm that doesn't have a negative edge to it. Yeah. Neither of us can think of anything. There's not a lot, right? <laughs> okay. Well... But like I said earlier, there, there can be times when it might be funny to sarcastically say, well, thanks for your help on that. For example, if you both know the person you're speaking to was working much harder than you on the same task. Okay. So you're kind of, you're, that is, I think that is, that would, people would call that sarcasm, but you're clearly telling the other person, like, I saw you working your tail off. Right. And you were working harder than me. Right. And I'm acknowledging it with humor. Okay. Sometimes we do that. Like if you've yeah. done everything and I have to come out and hold one board for you or something in the shop and I'll be like, oh, I have to do everything around here. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if I'd been working my butt off and you held one thing and I said that, then that would be like a barb at you. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, like we don't want to be a killjoy on this, but the, just be in a context where you're making sure that the, the recipients know that there's no underlying negative intent in the comment. If there is negative intent, mm-hmm. stop and issue a genuine complaint. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if it's hard for me when you show up at the last minute, do one tiny thing and take all the credit for the project. Right. Not that I ever do that. Yes, dear. <laughs> but, but I think too, like sometimes we can think we're being funny, Yeah. but it's not taken that way. And so you yeah. can tell by the response of the person, perception. like, okay, that didn't go over how I was intending. Yeah. So at that point, do you need to stop and say like, you know what? I thought I was going to be funny, but sure. that didn't sure. come across that way. Sure. And I'm sorry. But that may come back again to the, the, uh, the general tone of your relationship. If it's a strongly positive, happy relationship, mm-hmm. you can get away with it. Whereas if the relationship wasn't as solid as you thought it was and you drop that kind of a comment, then it's more likely to go one way or the other. Like be perceived negatively when it wasn't. Right. So if we see that it's perceived negatively though, like Just do we need it. to stop at that point and deal with it? Probably. Like apologize right on the spot? Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. I don't always have the gumption to do that myself, but I wish I did. Well, me neither, but I'm sure our listeners would be good at it. Yes. <laughs> you people need to do that. <laughs> no, it's hard. Yeah. And sometimes, it, you know, we only kind of figure that stuff out later after the fact. Too. Yes. When we're yeah. mulling it over in our mind. Yeah. That's true. And finally, on the sarcasm or kind of the antidote side of sarcasm, think about genuine communication. Sarcasm is a way of of expressing yourself while not having to genuinely say what you really mean. Right. Therefore, it kind of makes it safer. Mm -hmm. Air quotes around safer, right? Learning to feel safe expressing yourself, though, can reduce the need for sarcasm. And this can be done by learning conflict managing or communication skills by learning to express your needs in a more genuine way. Mm -hmm. And we do dive into this specifically for sarcasm in our bonus content today, but also our flagship communication product, Talk To Me 101. That's our online video course. It really helps a person develop highly effective communication skills with their spouse so that you have a way to say the things that you need to say and you don't need to resort Mm -hmm. to these kind of more shallow tactics, right? Yeah, yeah. So be sure to check that out too if... Communication is a growth area for you guys. That's talktome101.com is where we have that course. Okay. But yeah, learning to talk more openly, right? Yeah. Well, that I found that one to interesting today. 
We want to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. That would be Leah and Matthew. So thanks for coming on board, being part of our team here. That's great. And we also want to shout out a huge thank you to Language Fanatic from Canada, who left an iTunes review. Great information, well presented, five stars, who says, very insightful episodes, great information packed in a logical way with evidence from studies to back up conclusions. Oh boy, this one's long, honey. I recently enjoyed binge listening. I'm sorry, Language Fanatic. To a lot of the episodes from the archives and particularly enjoyed the series on finances and debt management. Rather than being inflexible and opposed to debt, as is the stance of many personal finance gurus, Caleb made comments highlighting that debt tolerance can often be different from one person to the next. In the context of married couples, navigating these differences is an important process to maintaining strength in a marriage when facing financial strain, Mm -hmm. which is one of the number... What do you mean by that? That was sarcastic. That wasn't a comment. (laughs) (laughs) Now, where was I? In the context of married couples, navigating these differences is an important process to maintaining strength in a marriage when facing financial strain, which is one of the number one drivers of divorce. This podcast is a gift to society. Marriages are so important to family life and families are important in society. I've been pleased to recommend this podcast to many people since I started listening. I always finish an episode with lots to think about. Thank you both for this work you're doing. Wow. Very kind words. Thank you so much. That was really embarrassing to read. Why? I think because I'm not very good at taking compliments. Okay. But thanks anyways, language fanatic. Yeah, we'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it for her. Next week, Caleb. Yes, we're talking about how to get your flirt back on. Oh. I don't get stumped on marriage questions too often, but one couple who came on our marriage cruise asked me about this, and I felt like I was really kind of stumbling around for an answer. Oh, honey, they should have asked me. That's probably true. Uh, Because you're so good at flirting with me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, let's just keep moving. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I'm going to learn a lot prepping for that episode. I'm sure everybody will learn a lot listening to it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all for today's episode. (laughs) You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 177. Find out how you can help marriages. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.